Marriage on a Tightrope supports couples in strengthening their mixed-faith marriage. Visit tightropemarriage.org to make a recurring donation and learn more about the mixed-faith community. Hello and welcome to another episode of Marriage on a Tightrope. I'm Alan. And I'm Katie. And we have a tagline that's, (laughs) we're still married, but... Later in the show, we're going to get to that tagline. We've mentioned it briefly once, but we're going to we're going to actually talk about that a little bit uh, a little bit later. That's right. This is a, a little bit of an update episode. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks because we were out of town. Where did we go, Katie? We were in my favorite state with the highest real estate numbers, which California. is California. Yeah, the earthquake hasn't knocked it into the ocean yet, so Not we yet. still go to visit. Uh, we had a great time. It was a little spring break for our, our kids. We took them out a few days early, so we were actually there for 13 days. Yeah, we were there for a while, and we had a, such a good time, and it was so depressing coming back to this terrible weather. And I'm not sure if you can relate, all you parents out there, but sometimes you need a vacation from your vacation because your kids are... Uh, it's difficult to go on vacation with a family. A lot of you have to keep everyone entertained, and it's, well, you're not at your own home, and so you have to make sure they don't ruin the place and all that fun stuff. Well, and it's it's the same amount of work. Like I have to feed everyone no matter where we go or at what time, right. and do laundry, and so it's still it's still work. It's a trip. It's not really a vacation. It's a trip, and we had a good time though. We did. It was great, but um. Uh, we're definitely ready for a few days uh, in Phoenix in a couple of days. Uh, right. I'm taking advantage of a work conference. Katie's going to come with me, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, too. Yes. Uh, we decided, let's hurry and record something to put out, because there's a lot that's happened. There's a lot going on this weekend, and we thought it would be cool to just um, send it out today so you could have a chance to listen to it um as just an update so one of the cool things that happens okay guys this has never happened to me not ever but here's my crazy story for the day so i'm at smith's buying groceries and i'm walking out and i'm like pushing my cart and i have my lists with all the things that i need to errands i need to do and it it was windy so it like flew out of my cart and I turn to get it, and I'm like chasing it down. This older man is helping me chase down my paper, my piece of paper, which is so dumb. But anyway, and I let go of my cart, and I grab my paper, and then I turn, and I see my cart heading towards someone's car. And just then, this this guy is walking by, and he grabs my cart and says, oh, here you go, and pushes it towards me. And then he looks at me, and I had my Dodger hat on which I don't know if that was a dead giveaway, but he looks at me and says, oh my gosh, hey, uh, do you do a podcast? And I was like, yes. And he said, Katie, right? And I said, yeah. And he said, I have listened and I'm listening now. And my my wife and I are in a mixed faith marriage. And oh my gosh, let me tell you all these things. And it was kind of like surreal that someone he's like you guys really must love the Dodgers because you're wearing your Dodger hat (laughs) I know and I I had posted a picture on Instagram of me and the kids and Alan at Dodger Stadium while we were on vacation and so for some reason I wore my Dodger hat this morning well not for some reason I didn't do my hair that's the reason (laughs) That's that's the reason anyway and um so we talked in the parking lot for like 25 minutes just about his experience, where he's at, and where his wife's at. And, you know, is she getting support? You know, how can we help you? And it was such a cool thing. Like, I can't even – it was – I walked away thinking that was crazy. I mean, what are, like, the chances that that would happen? And I know the Allens of – of this relationship would be like, well, it was just a fluke, right? And I'm like, no, I was at the right place, the right time. I don't really know if I was the right place, <laughs> the right time, but um, it, I just don't think like it's a coincidence that we ran into each other. Here's here's I think we've we've talked about this with a few uh, experiences like that. These extreme coincidental slash serendipitous <laughs> uh, experiences where it's like, it. you know, you don't have, you don't need to try to ask why or how this happened. Just appreciate the experience for what it was. Like this was a really cool experience. I think it was with the, um, the back rub that I got. I talked about Yeah. where it's like, I'm not analyzing, you know, or trying to debunk or anything. It's just, or read into, right. It's Mm -hmm. just, it was a cool experience and I'm going to 
leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely would chalk it up to one of those cool experiences. And I honestly don't ever think it'll happen to me again because it's just so random. But it was it was I don't cool. Know, honey. We to... have dozens of <laughs> listeners strewn across the county. <laughs> Anyway, it's really fun to interact with with um, everyone that's in a similar situation. Yeah, and and like I said, I think that the these dinners that we go to or lunches or whenever we meet people kind of in the same boat, we skip all the oh, how many kids do you have? Oh, what are your interests? We skip that and we go straight to the. Sometimes meet. we don't even like remind each other of our names. It's just I know. we get right oh, to yeah. it. Yeah, what was your name again? <laughs> yeah, um, no, it, it it is. It's cool that you can just like. In this situation and being able to talk about it so freely between the two of us, we can just jump right into it. So having said that, sh- let's just jump right into the meat yeah. <laughs> of, of, of what we wanted to talk about as far as updates go. We had a lot of really cool things happen to us in California um, dealing with our mixed faith marriage. And so I thought we could talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. And th- We'll leave out some of the little things. For example, I'm saying I'm going to leave it out now. Here I am talking about it. When we check into our hotel the first night, the lady checking us in sees our Utah driver's license and says, oh, are you guys Mormon? And then and tells the us stories and yeah. like because of the interaction with us, upgraded us to a different room. And it was I was I looked at Katie afterwards. I'm like, we can't escape this. We just can't escape it everywhere we I go. Know. <laughs> well, you know, we're white. We've got kids four kids and we're, we're from we're utah you know i kind of like <laughs> we want it's funny okay now i'm gonna go off on a little tangent but it we were at the great wolf lodge with the kids and um we my my daughter says i want to find a friend so she finds this girl to like swimming in the water swim in the water with and and i look at her and i said what's her name and zara says mckenna and I'm like, oh, she is totally from Utah. And so then, sure enough, I look at her mom and we start talking and they're from St. George. And so I just, I'm just saying, like, if you've ever played that game at Disneyland, like, you know, like, you can Mormon. pick them out. <laughs> yeah, I have a crowd. Even at the Great Wolf Lodge. Well, anyway, all right. So let's, on. let's get to a few of the, the events that we had. Um, so the, one of them, that, which was really neat, and I'm the one that pushed it, was I wanted to go back to my old ward. So I grew up in, in Santa Barbara, California, and I wanted to go to my, my home ward. Uh, so we did. After doing a few things around uh, my neighborhood that I grew up in, walking around the lake, I caught a lizard with a piece of grass. True story. Uh, I should post. I caught it on camera. I caught it on camera. It's on my Facebook wall if you want to go check it out. Uh, we On Sunday, I wanted to go to my old ward. And really, it wasn't to kick up any, you know, kick up the dust or anything like that. It was... There's people there that I never get to see, and I'd be cool just to say hi. And so we did. And I had no, uh, I didn't think that anybody would, I'm, I'm very vocal online. And so on Facebook, everyone that I'm connected to in my old ward, they, they know where I'm at with the church. But I know that I didn't expect anyone to come and say something like, well, Alan, you just you don't burn in hell or anything, something like that. And they didn't. It was, oh, it very, was, casual. It was very casual. It was very people giving hugs. I mean, these are people that we've known each other for, for 30, 40, well, not 40 in my case, but, um, Katie's closer to it. Uh, 37 years now they've known me. Sorry for the mic levels, everyone. We're trying to find the, the hot spot. Okay. I think that's probably good for the mic levels. So yeah, we just went to sacrament meeting. Then we went home. We had some, um, friends that we were going to meet with after that. But anything else about the kind of the homeward experience? I, I think it's important to note, like, for for those, and again, it's so hard to do labels, but the, the non-believing spouse is typically how we talk about it in in this episode, in this podcast, rather. The non-believing spouse, if you're not in a place to go and sit through a sacred meeting, even if it's in a ward you used to be in, like, just, that's fine. Allow your, yourself that space. And for the believing spouse... Anything that that I share and what I'm doing, uh, how I interact on Facebook or how I go to or don't go to church or any behaviors that I exhibit, we hope that you don't use that as like a weapon against your spouse Mm -hmm. of, um, 
you know, see, he's at least open to going back for this or that. It's people are in different places. And where I was at in that moment was let's go. Uh, anything to add there? Katie? I, for me, it was, I didn't really know anybody. Um, I mean, I knew a few, a, couple people, a few right? older people that have kind of always been there since Al and I first got married. So I didn't know that many people, but, um, what was cool is our, our MTC president in Madrid, in right. Madrid, his wife, um, lives in that ward Yeah, and, and her husband has since passed, but um, it was super cool for me to like go up to her and say, you don't remember me, but you know, this is who I am. And, and she did remember me and it was, well, or she pretended really well <laughs> that she remembered me, but um, that was, that was kind of cool. And, um, and we only went to the first hour of church and then we had things planned for the rest of the day. And let me just say, um, I grew up, in a home where we, if we were on vacation, we went to church and we did nothing else. I mean, we visited with family or the rare occasion where we're driving home on a Sunday, um, we would, you know, stop and get gas, but all of our food was packed so that we didn't eat anything. You know, we didn't have to buy food on Sunday. So my Sunday on vacation has changed. And I don't know if that's, if, if any of you have had that sort of experience where, now you've kind of shifted. Um, for me, it's shifted. And so um, just going to that first hour of church and then having other things planned in the day, I was a little bit like, oh, I don't know if I should do this. I don't know if this mm. is right for our family. But we'll keep talking about our day because it was absolutely incredible. Cool. No, thank you for voicing that. Yeah. I wanted to, we haven't explicitly or directly talked about how that Sunday was for you. Yeah. So, um, internally at least. Right. So after, after church, we went back, had lunch at the house we were staying. And then we went to the opposite of a believing, uh, church experience. We actually went to a post Mormon meetup, uh, at Claudine and Michael Gallagher's place, uh, in Santa Barbara, which was, okay. It, you didn't tell me what it was. Well, I didn't quite understand if if we were just getting together to eat or um i guess i don't know i i'm very scattered and i don't look into details on things i just say oh one o'clock there sure be there no problem and i literally had a a day-by-day calendar of what we were doing every single day right so i just knew that there claudine had told me if we've mentioned claudine a few times we're gonna have her on um actually i don't know if i told you this i asked her okay good you did she's gonna come (laughs) on for an episode um and kind of run a life coaching session with us live on as we record i guess all life coaching sessions would be live but we'll be recording this one so uh she just kind of told me there's a few people in the neighborhood who have also left the church and if you're in town and you're available it'd be really cool to talk i'm like great let's do it so we show up and katie why don't you outline kind of what what the What what was what was what it was like yeah, so Claudine um is and her husband are just so great. They they had asked a few um young adults to come and play with the kids so that we could just sit and talk and not be interrupted every 5 minutes, which was so thoughtful. That was like s- such a cool thing she did and Anyway, she um, invited these young adults to come and play with the kids outside and color. They had the and silks from the trees, you know, that they do in Cirque du Soleil. They hang from, like, the cloths. And they, they like, this... taught the kids how to do that. Oh, my gosh. They were loving it. I was shocked because how long were we there? Three hours Four almost? hours. Three to four hours. And the kids, the kids, did kids not were entertained. They us. didn't bug <laughs> us once. It was like these, Claudine, you've got a nice situation set up for kids here. Yeah. And, and so, um, and some of a few others who came brought their kids also. And, um, so we started meeting people. And for some reason, I was under the impression that they all knew who we were. And not, not to say like, oh, hey, we're the guests of honor. Not at all. I, that, that's just the situation that I thought we are coming into. So when I started to meet people and then it was apparent right off the bat that nobody knew who we were. Mm-hmm. I, and it, this was like a post Mormon meetup. I got a little bit like, uh, frantic inside because I was really worried about 
like what was going to be said or like here I am, I'm the odd one out. I mean, like for so long, right. like you're always the odd one out because you don't believe and But now I'm the odd one out because I'm still in. Right. And Alan was inside talking with, with um, Claudine. And I, we kind of gathered on the back patio and sat down in chairs and, and they're going around the room, um, just introducing themselves and talking about, you know, how long they've been out of the church and, and, um, asking questions. And I was, I felt so awkward. I mean, I really did. And, and I'm not, not trying to say, um, that anyone made me feel that way by what they said, only that I, I, it was the first time that I have felt really out of place and that actually helped me because later I, I've reflected on that thinking, okay, like what situations am I putting my husband in that make him feel out of place? And so, um, that's they, very empathetic of you. Well, they, they asked, they, they asked a lot of questions <laughs> and I think, um, that some of the questions were, they had the, there was a guy there who was who wasn't a member at all. And he said things like, you know, is there anything that you miss about the church? And this woman said, I don't miss a damn thing. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so awkward. And, and then someone else said something and, and I just was like, where's Alan? Why am I out here on the patio by myself? And where's Claudine? And then Claudine came out and, and, you know, and Alan came out and her husband and, and we're we're just chatting, and and someone poses the same question to Claudine, and Claudine, she's so genuine. She's like, "Oh yeah, there's a lot I miss about the church." And anyway, and I and I think that when she was like vulnerable and opened up, it really like changed some of the tone of yeah. of the group, and I really really appreciated that. But um, I mean, we talked for two three hours just on that patio, just about. Um, people who, non-members who are there who are married to someone who's out of the church but still feels the pressure from the family um, yeah, about, very interesting about, being, about being LDS and, and you know, um, converting to Mormonism. And honestly, I, I was so happy that we went because I learned a ton. And one thing that I didn't ask them that I really wanted to um, – but I just, I don't know why I didn't, I, I, maybe I thought about it afterwards is, you know, some of these, some of these people were like 10 years out post-Mormon. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was interesting that they came to this like support group because obviously it still weighs heavily right? or they wouldn't be there. Right. And I, I, I didn't ask, but I wanted to ask, you know, I, like why like why do you still feel like you need a support group? Does that make sense? Yeah. What do you think what are your reflections on that question? Cuz we talked about it a little bit you and I. Yeah. We did. Um I think for one of the guys he's got um like a mom who's fully in and so I think he, because he's got a lot of like family pressure maybe mm-hmm. um that that still is like hanging um or another woman who who was divorced and her she shares custody with her kids and her kids go with their dad and so i think that those are like ties that continue to make it um difficult for them because there's always a tie there because if it's not them it's a family member or the kids or something else right so, I mean, yeah. I, I assume that's why. Yeah, I think that I I don't know the statistics on it. But I think most people, after they process um, themselves out, after they leave and they process that transition, they do just leave and don't think about it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you're not living in Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me. my I was texting with a sibling today that has left, and they're not in the middle of Utah. And they were asking me, like, how do you get the energy to talk about this? Like, I've kind of let it go and don't think about this a lot anymore. And it's amazing. It It's such a weight off. And I just want you to be happy and healthy, Alan. I'm just worried that you're, you know, talking about it a lot. 
And, and I said, well, I'm kind of in the middle of it every single day at work, in my neighborhood, in my marriage. Like it's, and not, not in a bad way. Like I actually quite enjoy engaging and that's, hello, we're recording a podcast, which is dedicated (laughs) to talking about it. So I think everybody kind of processes things differently and their situations are different. I agree with you. That guy, he's not in Utah, but he has a mom that still reaches out to him and drops things about the church. And so it's part of his life. And so he still likes to get together every so often and talk about it with people. I have people at my work that have been out for 20 years and they don't need support groups. They don't need to talk or think about it. And, you know, we started a little, um, Slack channel for those, uh, in the company that, that are post Mormon. And a number of people said, no, I don't, I don't need to join that. I don't need that. I'm like, okay, cool. That sounds good. And some people have joined and then left. And anyway, so it's, everyone's in a different place. Yeah. So that was great. That I, was I really, really cool. liked, um, it exposed the kids to different perspectives and points of view and it was great. Oh, the kids had the best time and did not want to leave. Yeah. I mean, they were, I mean, they were being doted on and played with the whole time. Right. And so, um, Claudine and Michael, thank you again for having us in your home. It was great. It was, it really was a positive experience. And then this doesn't have quite to do with the mixed faith marriage, but after that, we went back to the house, we had dinner and then we had a friend that I went to high school with and her husband, uh, they came with, they came over to where we were staying and there was a pool in the community. So we went and swam in the pool or the kids did. We sat around and talked. It was so cold. Right. Yeah. And at the end of the day, Katie and I were just like, what an unorthodox Sunday that was incredible. Yeah. It, it was just incredible. It was full. Like it felt full. And, um, it was, it really was such a great day. And yeah. I think that that helped me too. like, okay, I'm on vacation. I can still do these things. Yeah. Anyway, not fall back to my old ways. I don't know. Right, right. <laughs> you know, it's okay. So after Santa Barbara, yeah. we drove down to San Diego and I'm skipping a lot of the like In entertainment stuff that yeah. we did, but we went to San Diego and just like half a mile, we were totally spoiled half a mile from our hotel. We met up with a, a couple, um, who listens to the podcast D and K good to, good to hear you. I uh, hope you're listening, but, um, we, we met up with them, uh, they, they drove because of traffic, like two hours South to get to us. And, uh, that was very, very kind of them. And it was what a two hour dinner. And we just left the kids in the hotel room. Yeah. We just, I mean, our kids, our boys are old enough. We let them swim for a while. Then we got them dinner and they were like, oh my gosh, they actually have cable at this hotel. Right. So we just left them watching cartoons and then we left them with a the phone and it I was... I said D and K. It's D and S. Yeah. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> um, anyway, but it was it was nice to just get away, go to dinner with this couple and they were so great. They were. And so one thing that we love about going with couples to dinner or to lunch or wh- whenever we meet in the you know parking lot of Smith's this morning... Um, a lot of times they'll give us advice or say, hey, have you thought about this or that? And um, really, it's been it's been really good. And our this friend of ours said, you know, your tagline at the beginning, <laughs> you know, it says we're Alan and Katie and we're still married. He's like, I don't think you need to do that anymore because it's apparent that you're married and you're staying married and you're committed to each other. So you don't really need to add the tagline. And Alan is very open to changing anything at any time. (laughs) Isn't that frustrating? (laughs) No, it's fine. Um, And so uh, we, I don't know. You know, it's it's a very, it's a very tongue in cheek thing. It's not to be taken super seriously. I usually say it in like an announcer and we're still married. This week we're going to talk. It's, it, anyway, it truly is a tagline. It's meant to be the same every single week. That's kind of a radio broadcasting technique, or so Google tells me. So if if there's uh, if there's something that we I don't know, what do you all think? I guess is what we're asking. I'll make a thread on the Facebook group and about I'll this. and I'll post I'll post a question on um, Instagram, Instagram and you can vote. You know, yeah, if if you like. That we're totally open. If it, if it's if it's annoying, if it's annoying, we don't want it to be annoying. We don't want it to be annoying. And so, if we need to think of something else to to kind of start the episode, that's that's fine. That's fine. So that's why we opened up today's episode the way we did because we knew that this topic was coming up. The the 
um, the, the second thing is uh, the individual, this, the, the wife of this couple, uh, she, wife of this couple, you know what I mean. She, uh, she asked a, a follow-up question on something I had said about when you're, when you resign membership or are excommunicated, your ceilings are not canceled. You don't ha- like when you, if you go back and get re-baptized rather, you don't have to be resealed to your spouse. That ceiling is still in effect. And she asked me, like, where did you hear that? Um, I didn't know where I had heard it. So I, I wanted to follow up because I asked a family member of mine who is a bishop, um, is this how it is? And he said, yes. And he sent me a picture of the handbook um, of instructions for, for bishops. So I'll just read that portion of the handbook. So for those that are interested on what the church's stance is on an individual who's excommunicated or uh, resigns. So it says this. Endowed persons who were excommunicated and later readmitted by baptism and confirmation can receive their priesthood and temple blessings only through the ordinance of restoration of blessings, which my brother says is um, typically given by the stake president. It's fine. It's He's my brother. He's a bishop. We've said it before. <laughs> uh, such persons are not ordained to priesthood offices or endowed again, since all priesthood and temple blessings held at the time of excommunication are restored are restored through the ordinance. Brethren are restored to their former priesthood office, except the office of 70 bishop or patriarch, which there's a note explaining that, but we're not going to go there right now. Only the first presidency can approve the performance of the ordinance of uh, restoration of blessings. The first presidency will not consider an application for this ordinance sooner than one year after the person is readmitted by baptism and confirmation. So this does assume that the individual is coming back. Right. Mm-hmm. But the ordinance itself is not nullified or canceled. It just needs to be restored by blessing. Should the person come back? Right. Hopefully that gives clarity and comfort to anyone in that situation. Yeah. Anyone that's wondering. I wondered. And so good to know. So there you go. That was part of the, the topic. So there's an official follow up on um, with the couple that we went to dinner with, which we do have to say uh, they were very kind to offer to pay for our meal. Uh, these, you know, the dinners that we go to, um, the, the time that we put in to not just recording, but, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be going and, and, um, we're going to be presenting at the thrive conference. You can look that up on Facebook if you don't know what it is. Um, and we're going to be talking at Sunstone that we put a lot of time and energy and effort into, uh, this podcast and, if if this has been helpful for you, it's still not a comfortable thing for us to say out loud. But if this is comfortable for you uh, to, uh, it's rather if it's been helpful for you and you're comfortable with providing a donation, we would we would greatly appreciate that as we continue to um, try to help everybody that is in a similar situation to us. Yeah, and if you would like to donate, um, you can go to our website, marriageonatightrope.org. And if you scroll down on the right-hand side, there is a donate button under our picture. And you can click that, and then it'll take you to the next page. And you can put in your debit or credit card information. and Or, or PayPal. Those are the two methods that are currently there. Yeah, You can make a donation to show your appreciation, and we sure would appreciate it. Um, we would use those to to uh, go to dinner with people and and just help us um, continue the effort. So thank you very much. Now back to the last <laughs> point of our California trip because yeah. this is actually this was very funny and it took everything in me not to laugh out loud when we were introduced to this. Oh okay? gosh! So we stayed in in the home of a of a family friend and she introduced us to what beverage, Katie. To Creo Brew. Creo Brew. What is Creo Brew? So it's a cocoa bean from Ghana or South America, wherever they get it from, they source it from. I think there are different ones for different um, areas. Anyway, um, so it's kind of like coffee. It's ground up cocoa bean. And you can make it in like a French press or a coffee maker and it's it smells way better than it tastes. <laughs> it does smell very chocolatey. Very chocolatey, and um, it's anyway, it, it's kind of a bitter taste. But um, there's a family that lives 
I guess, around the corner, and they own Creo Brew. And so she had... Right there in Santa Barbara. Yeah, right there in Santa Barbara. And so she she had Creo Brew and said, hey, you know, you want to try it? And we said, sure. So she's showing us how to do it. And I, I mean... I am a total newbie to this. Right. So she's showing us the French press, and this is how you make it. And she puts a little creamer and a little bit of, uh, I think, stevia or Splenda right, in it. Right, some sweetener. And I was hooked. She, Katie liked it a lot. I loved and it. And I liked it, too. And then I, it's super low-calorie. That's what it's the like nice thing is. It's like 10 calories. Yeah. And, and it has a lot of, like, benefits. And anyway, it's just yeah. like a nice hot drink. Nice phrase to use there, hot drink. That's the Satan's temperature. <laughs> That's Satan's temperature. Oh, Kenneth from 30 Rock. I don't drink coffee. Hot drinks are Satan's, Satan's temperature. temperature. Um, well, the, the funny thing is, and why this context, why I it made me try so hard not to laugh out loud is literally... Call me a hypocrite. No, 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 no. I'm not calling you a hypocrite. Literally two days before we left to, to California, I said to Katie, said, I would like to have coffee materials in the house a french press and at this point she has no idea what a french press i even don't even is. know what it was yeah. a french press some a grinder and some coffee beans so that i can have coffee i mean when i'm during the week i'm in the office and i make it there but once a week or so when i'm at home and i would like a cup of coffee in the morning i'd like to to make that and katie was a was pretty hesitant is hesitant the right word for Hes- it? Hesitant's the right word. I I didn't say like no. And I have to say I hate the smell of coffee. I know that so many people love it. I like want to throw up. It, I just it gives can't you a headache. Stand. It gives me a headache. And I so love I, the smell of coffee. So I told Alan, I was like, well, okay, but will you keep it in your office downstairs? And my whole point was not to, I am a grown man. <laughs> He just edited himself. I just self-edited. I am a grown man, and I'm going to have this coffee machine prominently displayed, especially when active members of the church come over. It will be on the counter. No, that's not what I'm going after. Um, It's tempting to do that. But anyway. But so I said, yeah, I mean, just so you know, like, this isn't like a coffee pot. This is... And she, I, I had to try to explain what a and French did, press was. Yeah. And so then we go to California, and there's a French press in... Literally, the house we're staying in is is uh, they're on a mission right now, and our friend is house sitting. And so, like in this home of a uh, missionary couple is a French press that we're using. I was just like, this is hilarious. This okay. is exactly what I'm what I'm saying we need in the house. Okay, this is the thing. When it comes from you, it's really <laughs> hard. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't this the truth? Okay, this is the truth, guys. This is the truth. Someone will, Alan will tell me for like six months about a podcast or something. You should listen. You should listen. You should listen. And then I'll go like out with like my girlfriends or, you know, I've become really good friends with some of these like mixed faith couples. Um, Like more than like we're just there to talk about church stuff. Like we're really good friends. And um and so I'll go out with them and they'll say, hey, did you listen to this? And I'll say, no. And so I'll go home and listen to it. And Alan's like, I told you I told you this months. a year ago. Right. So here's the thing. Like, I, I just, I think that when it's your spouse, it's just more emotionally charged. And for some reason, when I'm talking to someone that's not involved in my marriage, it's just, um, I can be a little bit more subjective about it. Shouldn't your or, spouse be the person yes, you trust the most? Yes, yes, yes. Right? I mean, I agree. I know. It's hard to overcome. I know. It's, it is. It is hard, like, to not step your foot down and push back a little and double down on things. And right. I will be the first and to admit that. Over the past 24 hours, there's been a lot of talking about some very big church uh, announcements with the LGBT policy, and Katie's going to introduce that in a second. Uh, I've been s- insanely active on Facebook talking about this, and then also one of my uh, two people that I very much look up to are were given notice um, of their disciplinary council. And I haven't even talked to you about this yet, no, Katie. No, you haven't. I haven't. And it really affected me. Wait, people that I know? You've heard of them, but you've okay. never met them. Okay. Cody and Leah Young. 
Yeah, I don't know them. I'll remind you later. Is it Sam's? No. No, no, no. no. Just coincidental. Okay. uh, The name. But uh, I've probably made 150 comments on Facebook in the last 24 hours between those two topics. (laughs) And, And, like... I'm I'm furiously typing about this stuff and and uh, expressing my opinion and and trying to understand other people's opinions. That's what I'm hoping that I'm doing. Uh, it's difficult sometimes, but and then I get home from work or I I uh, am talking to Katie and she's like, oh, so what do you think about the uh, the LGBT update uh, policy update? Oh. I don't know. What do you think? And really inside, I'm going like, I've got like fifty thousand things to say right now. So uh, it can I be. I just don't have that time. I just don't have like the time to sit down. Well, one, I'm not on Facebook. Right. But and this is part of the reason why. This is part of the reason it's because why. I'm quite vocal. Well, it's not only you. I mean, I I just I'm not. I feel like it sucked up so much of my time, honestly. Right. And I don't have. To, I just don't have time to give to it right now. Right. So. Um, and my day was insane yesterday. So, right. I, you know, I I think that it's just a totally different circumstance that you and I are in. Um, but you're let's right. Let's talk about I, the policy. I, I, let's talk about the policy. I, Alan and I, actually, Alan was the one that showed me. We were on our way to a school function in the morning, and I was really surprised. Um, I, <laughs> Alan knows, like, neither of us ever had any stock into it. I mean, we thought it was wrong when it came out. We maintained that it was wrong. And now we're like, well, finally, they're, you know, doing something about it. But that's kind of as far as it goes with me. Like, well, it was wrong to begin with, and I never agreed with it. Um, Alan and I have had this discussion because I know that there are people who will jump 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 fences, right? Like they when it came out, they vehemen- vehemently 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 um opposed not opposed, but supported that decision and so much so that um now those same people are are like supporting this decision and does it bother you? Uh that part of it is is difficult. Um Having go having gone through my you know transition in the last two years, uh, which is half of the duration, more than half of the duration of of this policy uh, being in existence, uh, it's been a main topic when I've talked to leaders in the church, when I've talked to friends. If I post about LGBT on Facebook, there will be active members that will engage with me both publicly and privately. So I I literally. <laughs> have gone back to conversations that I remember about this policy with active members. Wait, to try and like prove them wrong? No, I haven't. No, no, no. Let me clarify. I haven't gone back and re-engaged in the conversation. Uh I've gone back to old text messages, old Facebook messages to see like, what did they say when this policy was still in effect? I just want to see what they said. And But hold on. Why? Why is that important to you to see like remember what they said versus what they're saying now because it's very frustrating to go back and see somebody use the language of well this was uh this is why the policy was put into place to protect those families and god wanted to protect these families uh and not put them in a situation where their kids are learning that are being taught that their lifestyle is a sin like that's that was the the entire purpose but and now i'm like okay so now that the now that the policy is has been reversed, does God not want to protect these families? Is that your conclusion now? But it won't be. They'll just now celebrate how wise and great the church is. Okay. And so anyway, so it's look, my my post on Facebook and, and then I'll shut up. My post on Facebook was good for them. Like good for them. This needs this needed to be taken away. It has been taken away. So there was absolutely rec- good, recognized, good. You got to recognize that this is a positive thing, uh, but it has brought up a lot of difficulties, and that's why there's been such a big conversation happening in the social media space about this, because it brings into question a lot of difficult things, which we usually already in what I've just said is above and beyond what we usually get into as far as details go. Yeah, we- um, with individual topics, right. 
I think you told me that someone just said, look, I'll do whatever the prophet says. So if he says that we need to support this, we'll support it. If now they're retracting what they said, then I'm going to just stick with him. I think a lot of people have that. But then in to not make it sound like that, they'll come up with reasons on both sides. Right. And, you, honest, and I don't... Go ahead. I'm sorry. And you... I mean, I think you and I both said, you know, it's the frame of mind you're in. If that's what you believe, then fine. We're not going to, like, throw it back in their face. Yeah. The, the, the difficult... With this specific topic, the difficulty that I personally have with with someone saying, I'm just going to follow them and follow the prophet doesn't matter what they say. So I supported the policy when it was there and now I don't because it's not is like, that's fine for everyone's personal, personal belief. But when, when those policies and how they're enacted are, are truly impacting lives to the point of lives being lost, like there's real harm in some of those things. So it's, it's like, if you accept that policy, then as a byproduct, you're, you're going to be excluding people. And that's, that's really difficult. So it's, it's one of those, let your beliefs bring value to you, but don't, don't use them as a weapon against other people. That's, that's kind of where it gets messy. So I'm, I'm totally supportive of people saying, no, this, I believe president Nelson is a prophet. I'm going to follow him. I'm not trying to fight against that. What I'm trying to fight against, uh, whether it's fair or not is, Okay, but don't use that path that you're taking to point at other people's paths and tell them that they're wrong or their parents are sinners. Yeah, and I actually, as you know, like wholeheartedly agree with you. Right. I I just think like I'm just providing another, you know, of just course. yeah, I'm just providing um, things that I've heard and. Honestly, I have been so little on social media the last couple of days, so I, I really wouldn't be up to date on the latest and greatest. But um, I think that that leads nicely into what's going on this weekend, because now this this goes right into general conference. Um, would you be surprised if they if they had to talk about this? I would. I, I would be. Here's what I think will happen. I think that they will. Um, passively referred, vaguely referred to it. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think they will call direct attention to the change of policy. Mm -hmm. I think that they will say something vague along the lines of, um, you know, this is, there may be a talk about continuing revelation and Mm -hmm. how, uh, you know, leaders are, are, are called to lead the church in their day. And the beauty about prophets is that they receive revelation for that moment so I can I can see how they can bring it up without mm-hmm. actually pointing to the policy itself. Right. Um, I think it'll be an interesting general conference weekend for any of you who are in our situation, which are I mean the majority of you are. I don't know how you've been able to cope with general conference weekends, or if it's still really difficult in your marriage to deal with because of. For obvious reasons, you know, one's listening to conference, the other one isn't. Um, this has given me a ton of anxiety. General conference, um, just I would say in October, the just this last one, I had so much anxiety going into it. Well, it was the first conference that I didn't want to watch, right? Because before that, yes, I was already transitioning, and I didn't, I wasn't on board with the message, but I wanted so badly to pay attention to every single word. Yeah, even more intently than he ever had before. (laughs) (laughs) That is accurate. And so this latest one was new for you because I wasn't really interested anymore. Right. And for so many of us, um, we have traditions surrounding it. Cinnamon rolls. We we sit down as a family. Coloring books with the kids. Right. I usually do a big activity for them on Saturday. I give them like Easter egg Easter eggs to like open and every time they hear a new talk they get to open a treat or I always do something around general conference time for them and then you know we have a big breakfast on on Sunday and we do cinnamon rolls and we you know we'll go to you know homes of our family and have dinner and talk about what we liked and so last fall that was the first general conference weekend where we didn't have that structure and it was painful 
Like, mm-hmm. honestly, I, a friend and I who were dealing with the same thing, we would text back and forth. And it was really hard because um, not only were we in different places, but the tradition is gone. And I imagine for a lot of you, you have a tradition surrounding General Conference. And I had two friends over for a play date the other day, and both of them are in mixed faith marriages also. And I and I just said, you know, what are you guys doing? Like, what are you going to do to help your make your weekend better? Because um, I know how difficult this weekend can be for so many of us. And one said she was going to Moab and the other one's going to St. George. <laughs> and Alan and I and are going, going to Arizona. Arizona yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Like, maybe we just completely avoid it by going on a, on a trip. And I would be so interested to hear how many of you are doing the same thing. Going to a cabin, just getting away for the weekends. Uh, because certainly you don't have any um, church duties to that you're tied to. But I I think that both sides need to talk about and or validate the other person during this time because I still feel like on Saturday when we're home, I, I want to listen. And um, I want my kids to listen. And and so that's going to be hard because it won't be the same without Alan. But also it's going to be hard for Alan because I know he'll hear some of those messages coming through that he may not agree with. Mm-hmm. And there were hard talks in the last conference, and there certainly will be this conference too. So, um, Alan, here's a question. Sure. Uh, my a family member has <laughs> offered to take our oldest to the priesthood session Saturday. How do you feel about him going? We're we're gonna be we'll be gone anyway. I mean, Alan and I will be on a listener dinner that night. But like, what are your thoughts about him going? Well, the first thing I, I'd say is this family member actually through Katie asked if I wanted to go. Yeah. With with my son with him uh, to the priesthood session, which is abs- I I'm dude, dude, dude. I'm totally comfortable with someone inviting me to something because I'm comfortable saying no. If they're, if they're comfortable asking, hopefully they're comfortable with a no, if that's the question. Right. Um, but in this case, I was very, when you told me this member, you know, family member called you and asked you that I, I, the first thing I said was, I'm really glad that he, you know, asked if I wanted to bring him and not just try to sidestep me through you to get him to go. I would consider that a boundary crossed. Right. So for me now, the question is, okay, I'm not going to go. We, I can't just logistically, we're going to be out to dinner, but, um, am I okay with him going? Dun, dun, dun. Um, I'll be honest guys. This is, this is a tough one because, you know, I can talk all about being open to my kid's journey and whatever they end up, you know, believing is. I'll have to sit in that uh, in a good way, meaning just support their their choices. I can say that, and it's the right thing to say. It feels, and then a situation like this comes up, and I, I have a hard time. I, I, I don't. I wouldn't want him to be there if I'm being honest. I, I if it was up to me, I wouldn't choose for him to go. I would not choose for him to go. Um, if he wanted to go, would you go with him? I would prefer to be there with him than not. Okay, that's fair. Because the, I think the biggest um, trepidation, the biggest hesitancy, big words are difficult for me <laughs> as far as context and definition. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the hesitancy for me is... Um, I remember priesthood sessions. That's typically where the most bold statements are made to the brethren on what you should be doing, what the, what having the priesthood means. And I I still have this concern of of messages being presented to him without me present that paint me in a bad light, his father. 
And that's a concern for me. So if we weren't going to dinner, I would seriously consider attending, but I would absolutely have to have a conversation with this family member that says, I, I want to let you know why I'm going. And this is why I'm going. I will be there. I'm not going to say anything negative, whether at, because we always go to dinner beforehand, whether it's at the dinner or during the session, I'm not. But if I do hear something that I feel is hurtful or harmful, I'll be talking to Katie and we'll be talking to our son, voicing our disagreement or a different perspective. I would want to have that conversation with that person before I go. I, th I like what you brought up. I mean, that's a really good point. Um, I've never been a priesthood, so I don't really know what's said unless, you know, you, it trickles down. I mean, you can go into the app. You can, you can listen go the to the app it. It's not a listen. secret or anything. It's, no, it's not. But what I'm saying is, is that's not something that I think about. I don't right. think about the bold things that are being said that may cast you in a bad light or that may do harm. You know, I think of like sort of the general messages of conference and overall, overwhelmingly, I feel like usually they're just making positive changes in your life to be a better person, et cetera, et cetera. So when I think about like your example of, you know, they got you, I don't want to say they got you cornered, but they kind of do where they can talk directly to the brethren. Um, I can see that that would be different, just even a different um group of people, um, your, your message might be different than the general session. So I, I mean, I completely can understand and validate what you're saying that, I mean, I would be worried. I would be worried too. That's thank you. I'm glad that, that you, Appreciate I'm glad that. you brought that point up because I hadn't thought about that. I, I do have to say that I, I think that, uh, and I don't think you feel this, but I just want to voice it. Uh, there absolutely are positive messages in the priesthood session too. It's not like mm -hmm. a, we have you alone. Now let us tell you how terrible you're doing. Right. They, there's, it's still a very, they're trying to, to still deliver positive message messages. They do try to stress the importance of the priesthood and the responsibilities of the priesthood, those types of things that maybe a 12 year old, but wouldn't make, you know, connect these dots. But in a couple of years, maybe he goes, huh, this is, the priesthood is super, super important. And the only way I'm going to make it to heaven, why doesn't my dad do this? Like th those thoughts and conversations are looming and it'll be hard. So I don't think you really answered my question though. <laughs> <laughs> if Jack, if our oldest, anyway, we're not I, editing I this care. episode. I don't okay. care. His name is Jackson. It's okay. okay if our oldest, wants to go will you allow him to go with the family member knowing fully well that you're going to be gone Crap. <laughs> oh man we purposefully did not talk about this until right now just yeah, so you all know here's the thing like, if he came to us, it would be a no-brainer if he came to us and said, hey, tomorrow's the priesthood session. Okay. I'd like to go. But he's never been to it. So how would he even know? Right. At church. No, but we've been gone for two weeks. Okay. Well, benefit to me. So, no, I mean... <laughs> I'm being a brat, but... I, I, I think that... I have a hard time approaching him and saying, I'd like to invite you to do something that... I really hope you don't. I'm want not to saying do. you have to. Uh, I know that. I, th Here's, this is it, this is very tricky. This, this is, is extremely tricky. This is how I see it going, just uh, from my point of view. My point of view is, hey Jackson, so and so would like to take you to this priesthood meeting. You got to get dressed up. It's about an hour and a half long, and then after that, they usually go to dinner. Would you like to go with them to it? Yes or no. Oh, uh, I have to get dressed up? Yeah. I can't be with my friends? No. I, I... Well, actually, you're going to be babysitting our other kids. Yeah. You know, what What do you want to do? Oh, uh, I don't really want to go. Okay. Like, I just don't think it's that big of a deal. Like, if we have just, like, a really simple conversation. I feel like if he says, yeah, he really wants to go, then don't you think we can go into more detail about, about, about it? I, I mean, I just feel like... 
I don't know. I I kind of feel like, well, you just ask. We haven't even asked him yet. Okay, let's do this. Let's (laughs) ask him. If he decides he wants to go, I, I honestly would want to have a conversation with this family member and say, and we would need to think about the right way to say it, but I would, I really would want to say, you know, please, when you're at dinner with him and when you're in this meeting with him and afterwards, please don't, don't plant things in his mind that would sow discourse in our family. Which I don't, don't think would happen anyway. Right, but, but not in, not intentionally, but I, I could see the message, for example, the message of uh, Jackson. I, I just want to explain why this priesthood session is so important. The priesthood is the power of God to act in his name and never betray that. And like all of a sudden the messages that I'm hoping he doesn't hear in the meeting are being said by this family member. And it's just like when you're, when you're chatting with him, can, can you just keep it light and not try to preach to him? Just let the message sit for itself. Just be very sensitive to the situation we have in our home because I am the parent. You are not the parent and we're going to raise our kids the way that we want to raise them and the way that they want to be raised mm-hmm. as well. Does that, is that well put or poorly put? I don't know. No, that, I think that that's definitely fair. I, I, I want to stress that it's not like we feel like our family members, any rel- of our relatives have ill will towards us no. or they're trying to, provide Jesus camp whenever they're together, right? No, I, I actually haven't felt like that at all. I haven't they felt haven't. like that at all. So just so you know, I want to kind of clear that up. Mm-hmm. And 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 two, I, I know a lot of you will be dealing with the same family members saying the same things. So come up with a way to say it in a really respectful way. But it's absolutely your right as a parent to say something like that when they when they do go or talk or talk directly to our son about it, whatever whatever yeah. it may be. Um, on the same page, I have the right to say, well, I'm okay with him going. Yeah, absolutely. And and so I want everyone to know that that's just find the balance, talk it out, and um, be respectful of one another. That went really well. I'm glad we talked about it. I am too. Okay. It doesn't make this an easy situation, but it makes it easier to talk about it. So yeah. thank you for bringing it up. Um, and thank you, listeners, for helping us process through this. You are all our counselors. I'd like to thank the microphone and Audacity for giving us the platform. <laughs> okay. Thank you. So I think that's all the time that, that we have. We Katie, do. you've got to run and take Jackson to a doctor's appointment, actually. Yeah, I do. But a um, couple things. So first of all, we aren't sick of traveling yet, so we're going to do it again this weekend. And on Monday, I will be in the Mesa area, and uh, a few listeners and I are going to meet for lunch. And these listeners are specifically um, believing spouses. I'll just mm-hmm. I'll give it that title: Easiest spouses, right? Spouses who are who are still finding that balance um, in the church and with their spouse. And so, if you would like to join us, you can. Email us at marriage on a tightrope, and I can send you the details of the lunch. It'll be Mesa area around lunchtime this is April on April eighth. Just in case Ma- yeah. you're listening uh, later, little yeah, Monday, April eighth, and I'd love to meet you. And I'm sh- uh, one of the biggest um, things that I would like to do is connect all you together. So if you live in the area and you want to meet other women or other men, or whoever shows up, um, you want to meet other people in the same situation. You want to meet other men. I know. That Sorry, sounded that's, bad. It came out bad. I know what you You mean. know what I mean. You know, if you want to meet people that are in your situation, that live in your area that you can connect with, and then, um, you know, form a friendship or a bond or whatever, support system right there, please come to the come to the lunch. It's not going to be weird. It'll We'll pick somewhere, Cafe Rio or something. We'll just pick, pick something, and um, you can come for an hour, however long you can stay, and we'll visit. So you can either um, email me or you can private message me on Instagram. And yeah, that yeah. I think that that will be a fun event. Very cool. Great. Thank you so much for listening. You can uh, follow us on Facebook, the Marriage on a Tightrope uh, podcast group. Uh, we, we post here periodically. Every time we have an episode, we release it on, on there as well. But there's a... 
uh, not a ton of of comments and new conversation on there, but it's just good to stay connected on Facebook. Katie runs our Instagram account, which is Marriage on a Tightrope. You can search us there. You can email us at marriageonatightrope at gmail.com. And at marriageonatightrope.org, you can see our faces at the top, and you can donate if you would like to at the bottom of that website. Uh, thank you so much again for listening. Katie, I'll give you the last word. Good luck this weekend. <laughs> I hope that you, um, whatever whatever happens, I hope that it's a positive weekend for you. I hope it's not, it's not bad. Who knows? Maybe by Monday we'll all be drinking coffee. <laughs> Probably not. I'm glad we didn't talk about all of the debunking all of the rumors <laughs> we've heard here. Uh, we never know. I think the last 24 hours shows us you never know what's going to happen. So good luck this weekend, everybody. And may the odds be ever in your favor. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.